Cristo vive, hermanas y hermanos. We are back on this wonderful Easter Sunday. I hope you enjoy this surprise. My name is Juan Carlos Lopez, and this is my brother. Rogelio Robles. And this is... Spanglish Seminary. So this is a podcast centered on la experiencia latina in the church. So with the space between Spanish, English, Catholics, y Alleluias, Latin America, y el Norte. Yes, and we're happy to be back. I know we've been gone for some time, we but uh, we, we, we've been working hard and we got some good guests yes. this, this uh, semester. We're still going on with the, with the seminary thing. And uh, we're going to keep it going. Uh, a ver, a ver cuánto nos dura. A ver cuánto duramos. <laughs> but um, for sure, thank you for all, all the support. Thank you for all the people that have listened. Um, you know, we're it's it's humbling to know that we're not alone. And to the hermanas and the hermanos out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the dozens and dozens of hermanas and hermanos. <laughs> we're not going to lie. But if this is your first time listening... Uh, we're just going to let you know where you can find us. Uh, where can they find us, Roger? They can find us in uh, Instagram and Twitter. Our Instagram and play- Facebook. And Facebook. So Facebook, it's Spanglish Seminary. Uh, Instagram is... Spanglish Seminary. At Spanglish Seminary. And then Twitter is a little different. It's Spanglish underscore S-E-M. Twitter, for some reason, doesn't let you do the whole the whole thing. But... But that's it. So we got a whole new different format that we're going to do. We're not going to do the weekly podcast, um, but we are going to do, um, I guess you call it bi-weekly, right? Bi-weekly yeah. podcast. So it, exactly like your paycheck for those of you that are, that are working, that are uh, bi-vocational, <laughs> uh, pastors, preachers, evangelists. Uh, what else? I forget what, what else there is. Uh, the, the traveling traveling worship leaders, all, all of y'all. Shout out to the traveling worship leaders. <laughs> you know who you are. Um you're gonna you're gonna get a podcast on the first and the fifteenth of every I was gonna say of every paycheck, but of it's every a, month. of every month first and the fifteenth. Um, so we have a new format. Tell them about the new format. The what we're we gonna do? So the, the first, who do we interview? Oh, the first we're gonna interview our guest. Yes, a our guest. special so guest. It'll be a theologian, a poet, a professor, a preacher, seminarian. Yes. We have any different people. Different Latinos, Latinas, um, uh, in the in the uh, academy, mm-hmm. and and then on the fifteenth, it's gonna be me and Roger, uh, you know, talking like we're talking now, and uh, invite some friends over, and and do something a little different. So we'll we'll talk pop culture, we'll talk current events. Yes, um, we're gonna talk. Well, the most important thing, the thing I'm most excited about is listener questions. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take listener questions from you all and uh, whatever you want us to answer, whether it's a theological question, whether it's a current event, just give us topics to talk about and maybe we can get Roger to talk a little bit more. We'll, <laughs> what, what type of questions do you want him to ask you? Like like music? Sure. Like, well, whatever, right? Any, any, anything, anything that you can yeah. ask? Anything you can ask. Okay, answer. anything you can ask that we can, we can uh, still post up here and... Uh, Keep it family friendly. No, I'm just kidding. That's like in the, <laughs> the radio stations, you know, safe for the whole family. Uh, definitely not safe for the whole family, but you know, with less less curse words. <laughs> Very nice. That's my joke. We're limited, limited amount. Anyways, I do want to talk about. I do want to break down. I have an idea to break down. Um, uh, not just Kanye West music, but um, Kendrick Lamar's Damn album. Mm-hmm. And there's just it's a theologically rich album. That we can talk about. Maybe that's for the future. I'm still. We're still planning that. Uh, we got a few ideas for for this and what we're gonna do. Um, 
Another thing we're going to do, we're planning on doing is we're going to do Instagram live events. Yes. So Instagram has this cool thing that lets you have two people. So we'll, we'll do the Instagram live from the Spanglish Seminary Instagram. And um, we'll add Roger on there too on his own Instagram. So the two of us. Well, you're, you're making a face like you're just no. finding out about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, like yeah. I just tell you, like we've been over this. And his face is all confused. Like, what are we doing? But what we're going to do, you know, the two of us will go on live on Instagram and, uh, you know, talk with y'all, whoever wants to, wants to get on and, and, uh, chat about whatever you want. And we'll take some live, we'll take some listener questions and answer them in the podcast. We won't answer them in the live. The live is just to get to know y'all. And so you guys can hear from us and, and, and actually see the, faces. and actually see the faces that, that we are. And, um, what else? So what else do we have? If so, hopefully you liked our, our new logo. We, you know, that's right. They're going to see our new logo, the new logo. And, um, so we got, so what we call it is a limited edition stickers, limited edition stickers, right? That's (laughs) our new logo. We got some limited edition stickers for y'all. If you want to, uh, throw a ofrenda de amor to us, just, uh, send us a a direct message, uh, email us at, uh, Spanglish seminary at gmail.com. That's Spanglish seminary at gmail.com. And we'll work out a uh, a payment. You can put your you put your label on uh, your sticker on layaway. <laughs> <laughs> so me me and both me and my brother work for a paper store, so we know a lot of printers. We'll be able to get some nice high quality, uh, you know, stickers with the with the logo for your um, for your computer for whatever you want to put it. Nice. I don't know if it'll be a bump, good bumper sticker. Maybe you could use it. Maybe. We'll see the material, but we'll, there'll be high quality stickers that we'll get. We know some printers that can that can uh, help us out with that. Definitely. And uh, if you want to send, you know, uh, una ofrenda de amor our way, that's what we used to call it, uh, a love offering, ofrenda de amor, and help support the podcast, help pay the bills, help you know pay for the upload uploadings and stuff. Uh, you know, we we definitely will appreciate it. Um, what else? Oh, so the last thing is. So what should we call, right? So that's the last... Uh, one of the things we want y'all help with is... Uh, y'all? Y'all. y'all. <laughs> well, because... So I'm actively trying not to say you guys, because I notice that I'm always saying you guys. And so I say I want to say you all. Hey, Usted you is. Guys. Hey, you guys. Yeah, that's a... What's that? Uh, Goonies. The Goonies. Uh, Goonies Come reference. On, oh, okay. That's for the 15. That's for the pop culture oh, okay, episode. Okay, okay. But help us out. What should we call that 15? Um, so if if... This is your, uh, if you're familiar with the format that we have. So we're naming each episode when we speak to someone in the academy, uh, theological academy. We're naming it like if it's a class, right? So like this, this episode is called Ecclesiology 201 because it's, you know, season two, episode one. So we're, we're going along with that. That'll be every first of the month. That'll be the episode, you know, uh, theological conversation with someone in the academy. And so the, the second, the B side or, you know, on the 15th, it'll be, you know, lunch with friends or around the table or something. I don't know. We, we still don't know what to call it. Help us out. I mean, um, you know, any ideas that you have for that? Right? No. We're all, we're all out. <laughs> but we want to call it something cool, something clever so that it stands out between the 1st and the 15th. And you, you'll be able to distinguish the two types, types of episodes each month. Um, so send us a, a text, tweet, well, not a text, right? They don't know our, for those of you that know our number, send us a text, text. send us a tweet, send us a, a direct message on Instagram, right on the wall and in, uh, on Facebook. Yes. All that stuff. Okay. 
So who do we have on the on the podcast today's, today? Yes. Today's guest is our pastors Teddy Hart and Teddy Crystal and Crystal Hart. Yeah. Teddy and Crystal Hart. They're our pastors. Yes. Um, we are uh, helping uh, uh, with a church plant in Long Beach called Parish Long Beach, and uh, we're excited to to hear about. You know, we we sat down around the table and discussed uh, ecclesiology. What is the church? What does the church mean? Uh, and we followed a few other, you know, rat, uh, what we call rabbit trails. Um, as far as, you know, when you talk about the church, you're going to talk about salvation and you're going to talk about other conversations. So obviously, disclaimer, you know, it's it's a conversation centered around the Western church yes. um, because, you know, we're, we have this technology. We, we, we understand that the Christianity in North America or, or the Western church is, is affected by all this technology. And so um, how do we live with that? How do we live as Christians uh, who are also consumers? Um, so that is a great conversation. I'm excited. I mean, what did, what did you think about it, Roger? Like, did it answer some questions about like what the church means or what is the church? Not mostly answered questions, but more like double think of what is the church. Like it made you think about it, it right? Made it made you, you, yeah, yeah, it makes you think about it because yeah. the way... You know, I grew up was completely a little bit different than how I see it now. Yeah. So I'm glad. And, and so send us your listeners' questions. Um, I know this is a longer intro than normal, but we're going to try to give you a longer podcast each week. Um, you know, share some thoughts, share a little bit more of ourselves. And and uh, we'll see you on the 15th. I hope you enjoy it. Um, this is uh, Pastor Crystal and Pastor Teddy. Teddy Hart. Uh, Teddy Hart. The hearts and uh, they're Hope you amazing. enjoy. Yeah, enjoy. <laughs> okay. All right, so we'll start by introducing. So today we have. <laughs> <laughs> we have. Uh, so um, should I do uh, the official titles? Pastor Crystal and Who's Pastor. podcast is this? We're asking you. <laughs> That's true. It's just, I'm just trying to be, um, what is it, generous or uh, hospitable? I'm trying to be hospitable. No, you're trying to be a two. I am. I am being two. You're asking for direct We should do an episode on the Enneagram. Okay. Oh, so today we have Pastor Crystal and Pastor Teddy, which are our pastors. And we're going to talk about their journey to Long Beach and talk about ecclesiology a little bit. Let's get to it. We'll, we'll give Crystal the first word. Um, can you, you want to say a little bit about yourself? Introduce yourself to to our uh, dozens of listeners, the dozens and dozens of people out there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, sure. I am Crystal Hart. I am a mom to two boys. Got a three-year-old and one-year-old. Um, Beautiful babies, by the way. They seriously are. <laughs> I'm biased, but listen. They're cute. Um, and I um, am a pastor of Parish Long Beach. I'm married to this handsome devil over here. <laughs> I keep him in line. You do? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm an Enneagram too. There just you go. like one. We'll have a, we'll have a, and we were joking we were having, having an Enneagram episode one day. Okay. Pastor, Pastor Teddy, 
I was gonna say Teodoro, but it doesn't sound good in Spanish. Yeah. yeah. No. What? Your name doesn't translate. I don't know. Teodoro. Maybe. What? Is I don't it? know. It just doesn't. Maybe now it's just I'm me. Self-conscious. I'm being biased. Why am I like English to podcast? Because you're a pastor. So we were here. Okay. <laughs> By uh, default. <laughs> I'm Teddy Hart, and I'm a pastor's husband. <laughs> there you go. Pastor's <laughs> <laughs> husband. Uh, I'm also. Uh, a, I don't, I've never known how to say it. A pastor of Paris Long Beach, the pastor, as long as you're also the pastor of Paris Long Beach. I think anyway. a pastor, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, but yeah, so, uh, I'm married to, uh, to Crystal, and yeah, we have two beautiful boys. Uh, I like hip hop, basketball, mm-hmm. theology. In that order? <laughs> In the, is it, the <laughs> is it, so it's like God, and then what else? <laughs> I actually turned off the NCAA Elite A game today to read uh, Pentecostal Theology by oh, James Bondi. Bondi? 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 I think it's, is it Bondi or Bondi? Bondi. I don't know. I've always pronounced Someone, it. I've never heard it. So I recommended the book. So I guess theology has, has superseded now. Okay, basketball. so it's theology. It's all of it. So it's, 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 it's God, your wife, kids. <laughs> right. God, country, Notre Dame. God, country, Notre Dame. Because God's competitive. <laughs> yeah. All those things. Ugh. No. Okay. Cool. So, uh, are we going to talk about Kanye? You want, what, what about Kanye? It's going to turn no, into Kanye just, episode. We could totally have... We should have a Kanye West episode in let's, theology of Kanye West. I let's do totally it. love that. I have quoted Kanye in sermons. Here. You, you have, I know. Okay, all right. You were, uh, that was the day you couldn't, you couldn't, you weren't able to preach because something happened. I forgot what it was. Or. That's right. So it was I a short day. Yeah, it was a short yeah. day. You used it though, but I remember it was glory. It was the somebody glory album. Yeah. See, but then so one of the one of the podcasts that I wanted to do is I wanted to do uh, on um, on Kendrick on Kendrick's theology. So maybe we could do, or I mean, that, there's enough for both of you. Could do a Kanye episode and you can do a Kendrick episode. Give, give people what they want because now we <laughs> promised a Kendrick Kendrick. Uh, um, gets the people going. Gets the people going and break down the Kendrick album and break down the Kanye West album. Anyways, uh, and the NCAA somehow. Okay, so let's just let's uh, now that both of you we've introduced you. Let's talk about. I I think it's interesting for people to hear your story of how you ended up in Long Beach. So I well the the way I met Teddy. <laughs> let me right so the segue of how we were met in the first place right. Sure. Was. Through Twitter, um, I don't, I don't. I, well, obviously, I saw, I started following Jonathan Martin first, your pastor, previous pastor, and then I started listening to your church podcast. And then you preached on a Sunday, right? You preached on a Sunday, and that's and then I started hearing the young adult pastor sermon. So, yeah, I listened to. I think I listened to every sermon. I always tell you, I listened to every sermon you preached for like the last. Three, four years. Like, I think it was 2013 is when I, that's how far back I went. So I went pretty far back. That was when I was driving an hour to work. So I would hear a sermon, a few sermons a week. Um, so that's how I met you. And we t- talked through Twitter and you ended up, long story, I'll let you tell the rest of the story, but long story short, you ended up in Long Beach, right? So who would like to start? Was, how, how did uh, the hearts come to the how did the, How did the hearts end up? <laughs> How did, uh, North, well, not North Carolina, right? Like, see, now I'm just telling your story for you. 
How did you end up in Long Beach? So let's tell it together. We'll try our we best. Go back and forth. Yeah. Um, we it started how the whole thing started was an anniversary trip we took to San Diego. Yeah. For our was it fourth or fifth anniversary? Fifth. Fifth anniversary, and we um, so we hadn't. Up to that point, we hadn't been on a vacation except our since our honeymoon together, just us. And so we were really wanting to do this, but we were young adult pastors kind of at that point. We were raising our salary, right? I think we had just started getting a salary Okay. in the last like year or two. What year was this? Like, Well, the, the trip was in 2012. Oh. Right. So we wanted to go on this trip. Long story short... We realized at the last minute, this isn't going to be possible. We're not going to be able to go. Like, we both decided, okay, let's just, like, let it go. It's not going to happen. We can't afford it. And we, right before it, we were with our young adults, the Dust community. We were with the staff, um, our leadership team, on a retreat. And they, just out of the blue, were like, hey, we, you know, had this idea of wanting to bless you guys to give you guys some money towards your trip to San Diego because they knew where we were going. And they were like, and we just started spreading the word to, you know, one another. And they literally handed us a card with $2,500? No, it was almost close to $3,000. And so, literally, I don't know that I've had an experience like that since that moment when I just, like, like bawled for... I. Hours, like, <laughs> hours yeah. of just feeling overwhelmed by like someone, like young adults who don't like these kids that didn't have money, and they just are handing us all that. Like not like we're not going to China to like spread the gospel. We're going to San Diego to have fun together. <laughs> like right, this is legitimately sending us on a vacation. And so it just was like, it's just this strange, but amazing thing. And so, well, you were also, I mean, we were dealing with the disappointment of not being able to go. Like right. we, we had been given some plane tickets and we booked kind of like, Hey, let's see if we can make this happen. They were, they were vouchers. And so, yeah, I think the overwhelming thing was we had decided actually that day we had like, been like, it's dead. We're not going. Planes flying out in two days. We're not going. Swallowed the disappointment. Yeah. We're done with it. Yeah. And then, surprise, here's $3,000. You and, are going. And by the time we left, I mean, people had given us hotel rooms. It was crazy. Like, it, it was snowballed. crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. So, yeah. So, it was on that trip that that was my first time to California at all. And we just fell in love with California. I mean, with. San Diego, obviously, and just the beauty of everything and the culture and the people. We were like, this is just our speed. We love the beach. And so I feel like we went back and had this running joke of like, we're going to plant Rinvatus West Coast, who's on board. And it just was this running joke for so long with with a lot of people on staff. Anytime it'd get cold every winter, somebody would throw out the joke like, when are you guys starting Rinvatus West Coast? But it literally was, like, just this, like, thing. It wasn't even, like, real. It was just this thing. And so 
we had no dreams or plans of leaving anything in Charlotte. We were more than content at the church we were at and doing and working with young adults. Like that was the dream for us. That was the dream. So it was literally just like, we love, it'd be cool to live there one day. We could probably stop and chat is that for us, we were content. We didn't become young adult pastors to become lead pastors or church planners. We just loved young adults, you know, yeah. and felt called to young adults. So we weren't, you know, laboring in that just so that we could find ourselves in a, in a position of, you know, more authority or, you know, that would give us a little more grandeur. It was just, we were content. Like, even as people like, were like, well, you guys should dream bigger. Just, that sounds familiar, right? You should dream bigger. And, but we were like, no, we're, we're called to this, you know? Yeah. And so we had never, we'd like, it was a running joke, but that's all it was. All so it was, it was like, anytime it was cold, it was like, man, we're playing Renovatus West Coast. Like, that was, that was it. So it wasn't until um, there was a pretty massive transition at our church years later and the realization that our time there was coming to an end that we began to pray and seek, okay, well, what's next for us? And of course, California is something that we wanted, thinking like, that sounds awesome. Um, but it just still seemed like a wish dream. So, you should pick it up here and talk about the Cheryl Johns sermon. Yeah, I mean, when, when things, when transition happens and it's it's out of your control and, and things are, you're kind of at the mercy of a lot of events, you start to, like, try to grasp for things. And, like, that was one of the things we grasped for. We're like, okay, maybe this is, maybe we should go to California, you know. And that, that really died down really quick for us. We realized that if God was in it, we couldn't detect God in it at all. Right. And that it was too far for us to leave our family. We didn't really know anybody out here since some yeah. person from Twitter that I talked to on the yeah. phone a few times <laughs> who, now, who now runs this podcast. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I had served alongside of Dr. Chris Green from the Pentecostal Theological Seminary uh, during some of that transition. And uh, on one of the trips driving him home, I sat in the seminary class. And I mean, pretty much, uh, I'd always dreamed of going to seminary, but after that I caught the bug and Crystal pretty much, this is where you did keep me straight. We, we went and I signed up for seminary under him during that, after we decided like we didn't know what we were doing. So I signed up to pursue a master's of theology, um, driving from Charlotte, North Carolina to Cleveland, Tennessee every Tuesday, every Monday night, and going to class all day Tuesday, and driving home and then working pretty much full time the rest of the time. And that's what we did. So 2015, we entered into Lent. And in my prayer, I, I sensed the Lord asked me to seek out what the term holy silence was. And, you know, I won't belabor the whole story, but in just one of these, like, Holy Spirit moments, man, uh, I was in a Dr. Cheryl Johns class, and she, like, looks up at one point while talking about prayer and scripture and says, 
You know, Teddy, it's like that time I preached on holy silence at Renovatis in 2012, and I like I, I I flipped. You know, like I stopped whatever we were doing in class, and I'm like downloading that sermon, preparing to listen to it on the way home because I knew that was the Easter egg. That was the that was going to get me along. So I did. I, I turned it on on the way home. Uh, I listened to a sermon that I was actually her. If you're familiar with you know, Pentecostal circles. I was her armor bearer that day. Yeah. I sat in that sermon that day and, and thought it was a great sermon, but the experience I had listening to it on the way home uh, was was something completely... Uh, I, don't, I, I don't even have the language for it anymore, but... I remember. Okay. <laughs> you want to tell? My chest is on fire! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was his language. Yeah. I call him... My chest is on fire. I'm like, do you need to pull over? Are you having a heart attack? What is yeah. happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, her sermon, the Her- Herod's Hitman, right? Herod's yeah. Hitman. Yeah, Herod's Hitman. Man. Yeah. That'll, that'll mess you that's, up. Yeah, that sermon, that sermon's amazing. Yeah, the sermon was, you know, it, it, she she takes time. She, you know, Cheryl's a prophet. And she just was prophesying that the church was going to birth something. And, uh. And in that moment, I knew that we were pregnant, you know, like, and, and I was, I, I, I was, my chest was on fire. I'd like pulled my shirt open, like, like turned a crew neck into a V neck, like pulling on it because I, I just couldn't get away. Like I was caught up in it. And so when Crystal called me, she's like, Hey, how's the drive? And I'm like, my chest is on fire. And you know, I remember so, yeah, and so I, I, you know, I was like, you probably need to listen to this sermon. Uh, a couple of days later, she listened to the sermon and came downstairs while I was napping and woke me up and was, I was like, we're moving to California. I'm like, what? What? And she's like, nah, like, like this is what it is. That's where we're supposed to birth this thing. We have and to go. We have to go, or we'll regret it. And uh, I, rem- I remember. You messaged, we, we were talking on Twitter, and I remember you sending me a message jokingly, and you're like, yeah, you said um, Renovatis West Coast is going to happen. And I was like, what? Is it really? I remember that now. Huh. I don't yeah. remember that, but yeah. man, that uh, doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, you have to start recruiting early, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're my only friend in California, so that, that list was short. You know, we thought it was going to be San Diego because that's all we needed. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and there was a lot of, there's a lot of connections there as far as like how we got to San Diego and the ways that we felt like the Lord was saying he was going to make this trip possible. And, uh, that was that the trip to San Diego and some of our experiences were foreshadowing the, uh, our trip here. And, and so we, we decided we were going to come out here and, and, uh, and check out Southern California and, and, and go, you know, we were really shooting for San Diego. So we would, and so there were a couple of experiences that I had talking to people about it because what happened is, is after Crystal, after Crystal had told me that we should do this in California, we decided let's, let's just, our birthdays are in four weeks. Let's book a trip and go in four weeks. And so you, you found it. I found it. It's a, so this was on Twitter, right? I messaged you. This was, <laughs> This was June 2nd, 2014. 
And I said, just heard Sunday's sermon. We have to talk soon. Haha, ha, I can relate to it so much. Too much to type on here, right? And I put, I laughed when you said Renovatu's West Coast, LOL. And then you put, I am half serious about West Coast, bro. I'd, if, uh, I'd love to talk, to talk to you on the phone about it. So I remember that that was kind of when, and that was 2014. Yeah, that was still when it was a joke. Yeah. And I was grasping at, yeah. at, at like anything that could like, you know, yeah. tether us down again. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, it was the next year that we came out. Yeah, to visit, right? That's right. what I mean, yeah. Right, and the only reason we ended up in L.A. was to see you, to see our friends uh, Jeremy Napier Hunt, who, you know, he's getting, he's working now on his doctorate at Fuller, and he's been a guest on your podcast. Yeah, he was. And uh, and so we were gonna we were gonna you know crash uh, your guys's parties, and then we were gonna take a look at this place, Long Beach, because. Three different people kept saying, you need to check out this place, Long Beach. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to San Diego. Go we'll check out Long Beach. Okay, so <laughs> some little setup, right? So Cheryl's sermon is about um, Herod's Hitman, how we never talk about um, the people that Herod sent to kill the, 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 what is it? Like the two, the kids, that children that died, right? right? And they were trying to kill Jesus, but Jesus and... Uh, Mary and Joseph ran to Egypt. Right. And uh, a, a lot of children, that, what are they called in, in the tradition? Like the uh, uh, holy martyrs or there, there's like a there's like a feast for them, right? For the holy innocents. The holy innocents. The holy yes. innocents, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's the feast of the holy innocents. And so she talks about that, that any time that God impregnates you with something, I don't even know if that's the right word to say it, but like when you're, that's the metaphor we use, right? That right. That, that, that you're conceived. pregnant. Yeah, conceived something miraculously. Don't know if I want God impregnated. Yeah, me, Satan. <laughs> right, that's totally right. <laughs> Showing, uh, C. <laughs> I went to seminary and I got all yeah. C's. Something purely <laughs> spiritual, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, got all, I got all C's, so that's uh, why, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, we're a bodily religion. Yeah. This is purely spiritual. Is, yeah, purely spiritual. <laughs> um, but, right, so that's her sermon. I, I remember that. And so you were... Because I, you know, I carry a lot of that too. That that you do feel, um, I mean, pregnant is the only way to say it. It's it's I think it's yeah. the best way to say what that feels like, um, and 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 the idea of giving birth and the pain of it. I've I've seen it and been in the room, you know, to see our our three children being born and uh, giving birth is messy. Coming to life is is you know um, is messy and dangerous so that metaphor right and so talk about how the idea i remember this now the idea of uh, the name of mary kept coming up and then also reckless right and i remember those two things so talk a little bit about that okay so mary is really a central figure uh to our entire journey, honestly. And um, that that really, uh, at least the way it cognizantly began, is in some prayer time, I was seeking some discernment of whether or not uh, I would take a position uh, leading the church that we had worked at when the, the lead pastor role was vacant. And I was praying, asking God, right? Like, I'm, I'm a Pentecostal, man. Yeah. I mean, we ask God, is this what I'm supposed to do? You know, like, is this what I'm supposed to do? 
And, you know, God rarely answers us the ways that directly, indirectly, our ways, right? Like, and, and I, all I kept hearing, and I, I had a moment that only felt, I've only experienced again feeling like I did in the car listening to Cheryl's sermon. But at a moment where I felt the Lord, like, he overcome me. Like, I was hit by lightning, and I just kept hearing Luke 2, Luke 2, Luke 2. Like, that's all I would answer. I'm like, I don't care about Luke 2. I don't want to read Luke 2. Tell me if I'm supposed to, like, be the pastor of this church, and I'll go through with it. But I don't, if I'm not supposed to lead it, I don't want to do it. And, uh, and so, but the Lord said Luke 2. And when I read Luke 2, and this is, like, in that, I, we realized that, at least I realized that we were pregnant. Like, that's what, that's what I picked up from, you know, reading the, the passage. So, you know, when we went through kind of the discernment process with that church, um, there were a lot of questions. So like, do you feel called to this? And I'm like, I don't know. I, all I know is I'm pregnant, you know, like, and, and you know, I, I don't know, you know. Um, I, don't, I don't know what God's doing. So th- Mary began there. Um, and, and that's been like a couple of funny things, right? So we actually came out to California and we booked our trip. Um, if you know anything about my wife, she's like, you know, really has her ducks in a row and is a planner and I'm kind of more of an adventurous, spontaneous spirit. So I'm like, Hey, we'll, we'll figure out where we're staying when we get there. Or a procrastinator. Verdict soil on that one. Yeah, thanks, yeah, probably a lot of all that. Um, Both that, right? So it was a couple of days. She, she was like, "Just book us something for the first couple of days because we had oh, Theo was a little over one years old. And we just thought that would be irresponsible, it was irresponsible right? So, <laughs> so we we got on Hotwire and we bid on a hotel. You don't know what you're getting, and then once we got the name. We were on this boat in Long Beach called the Queen Mary. And when we saw it, we froze because you're like, this is just weird. Is it fortuitous? Is this the spirit? Like, what's going on? You know, but it was a moment that we sat there and we were like, it was one of those moments that got us by. It was like, you know, because you, you operate in faith. You're like, this is, this is crazy. This is absurd. And then somewhere along the line, you don't get sight, but you kind of get a sign that you can read and you go, whoa, maybe we are on the right path. And that's the way it felt. Just felt like a way that the Lord kept telling us he was with us. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. That was that moment. (laughs) Yeah. So do you want to talk about the reckless thing? Sure. So, uh, Teddy mentioned before we took our trip out to Southern California that he wanted us to write some prayers and have like specific liturgy that we spoke and prayed every day while we were here because we were really seeking, seeking exactly where the Lord wanted us to be. We really felt that it was confirmed we needed to be in California. We weren't positive exactly where. We were just hopeful that it was San Diego. And so, um, in my preparation of that prayer, um, the Lord just drew me to this whole idea centered around this word of recklessness and being called to a holy recklessness. And what a lot of people don't know is that word 
had been used in a way um, that was harmful and wounding to Teddy previously. Um, and so to be, I feel like the Lord even in that was saying, I want to redeem this word over Teddy. I want to redeem it. And so it was a part of the prayer that I wrote that um, that we would be, that we would follow in this holy recklessness that we were called to. And we prayed it every day. And so, gosh, it was like the first or it was the second day we were out here. We were walking. Um, <laughs> I forgot all about this. The beach. Yeah. Um, to the, is it Belmont Pier? It's Belmont, Belmont Pier. Towards Belmont Pier. And I had to use the restroom. So I run. It has several different stalls. I don't know. Four or six on the, pier. on the pier. Yeah. And I just hop in one. And on the back of the door is written, scratched twice, reckless, reckless. And that was it. Like, nothing else was on that door. And so, again, it was one of those moments that we just felt like, okay, God is with us. God is right. with us. Right. It's a weird word to be written on the back of the door. You know, it's usually graffiti or, you know, seating material. But it's weird that that was there. And you're just like... What kind of story are we caught up in here? Yeah. Yeah, the word reckless kept coming up. Kept coming up for them when our triple rear and then um, Mary, right? The, Mary kept coming up as well. So that, that I still remember that because that was a sermon. You, you preached that sermon when I visited uh, uh, the church and took my first trip over there for a class, right? For the class for seminary. Right. So I, I, I remember that that sermon clearly as well. So it's it's just just interesting. So fast forward, 2018. I know there's a little bit more of that, but 20 you know 2018. Well, 2017, right, is when you finally made the move out here. Right, we made the move. And um, we've been a house church for some time. And since June. Since June, and starting well, when this podcast comes out, it's going to come out. On on Easter Sunday, and the week after Easter, what is that? Still Easter? How long? Easter tide. Easter tide. How long is Easter tide in the church calendar? Uh, it's five Sunday, weeks. Right? Five it's five weeks, right? So it'll be the second week of Easter tide. Maybe it's six weeks. When we officially become an open space and no longer a house church, right? And I guess it's Renovatus Reno West Coast. Uh, Parish Long Beach is gonna start taking its first steps, right? It's not a baby anymore. It's gonna right. be taking its first steps. Um, so, not specifically like why should people come to this church specifically, but why should people come to church at all? Like, that's since we're talking about ecclesiology, like, right? Let's let's start there. So, if we're gonna start with this question, we probably need to start with defining. In right. what some is, ways, what the church what is, is the church, right? Yeah. Because we're going to have all kinds of different uh, ideas and understandings and uh, about ecclesiology, and uh, and and I I have some concerns for the church in some ways, uh, predominantly because uh, if we don't talk about what the church is, we really can't tell people uh, that it would be good for them to be faithful and to gather together alongside the church, right? right? And so for me, you know, the 
the church is the place where uh, at least four things happen. So uh, there would be prayer, there would be the sacraments, there would be, I've, I've had three hours sleep, so I have to say this. So it's prayer, sacraments, worship, and what's the other one? How can I not remember these? I like word. Preaching the word. Okay. Prayer. You can't forget the word, man. That's the most important <laughs> that's, thing. That's my job, that's right? The only reason. I'm so humble <laughs> I forgot that I, that's my job. Um, so prayer, sacraments, uh, the, the the preached word, uh, and community or worship. Worship, yeah. So those are the four things that have to go on um, for that to be what I would consider the church, yeah. you know? And so, uh, for me, uh, the reason that I have to come to church and I would, it doesn't matter. Like, I feel like in some ways I'm a propagandist, but you know, people aren't going to take me serious because they're like, that's your job. You know, you're supposed to be selling me. But the reason that, that the church is important for me to go to is because I desperately need the body of Christ. I'm in desperate need and in both ways the community of Christ and its differences and the Eucharist I need the sacraments so that would be uh, some of the ways that I would say we why I need I, I need to be faithful and gathering with the people I mean I have, I have quite a few things that I would say you know in that in that realm too is that you know like this is the way this is the way the the early Christians, the ones who were who were discipled by Jesus, started the church. Is they found it important to be gathering together, and you know, I I, I think that the fact that we're even asking this question, why do I have to gather together, speaks more to the fact that we've been formed to be hyper individualistic yeah. consumers, and and probably because of technology, think that everything needs to come to us on our own time and in our pocket. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we try to fo- focus on and mention all the time, that when we're talking about, quote-unquote, the church, we're talking about the Western Western church. Yeah. For, for us here and for this podcast, I mean, there's not a lot of people, you know, you can see who listens to this podcast, and and it's, you know, just the, the technology we're using is, you know, is something that connects to the Western world. So definitely... Um, so that remind it reminded me of I, re- I I forget what book it was but it was it was Robert Jensen and he mentioned that the church is the people that there's no such thing as the invisible church that it's not like the people that you might see that are saved and the people that aren't saved that the church is always visible and the church is always visible when it's the people who gather around the Eucharist so he narrows it down to the Eucharist and and you know those other obviously you everything flows from that right from from communion gathering on communion what do you do with the people that want to take communion you mean baptism and you know for the people that eat take take part of communion you want to know what it is that you're taking so you need the word so mm-hmm. all those you know all um and then you that should come out as worship right what what those three things so yeah so i hear those that's that's the Howard West book you had us read, or is that um, being Christian? There was that Rowan Williams. Williams. Oh, Rowan Williams, right? Oh, I'm confusing all my my theologians. 
Rowan Williams right so it so that's what Jensen you know because I used to I used to think about that there was an invisible church right you don't know who's being saved and you don't know who truly is faithful in their heart and so it's uh but that was you know thinking from from coming from the frame of mind of you know the people that are saved are the people who said a certain kind of prayer and so there you're saved and the people who didn't mean it aren't you know aren't truly a part of the church but the way that I've heard it, if you have a high view of the Eucharist and the high view of Jesus or high Christology, it's the people gathered around the table are the church. Like you can see the church, right? Um, so yeah, that's one of the reasons why people should should go to church, as 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 you were saying. Um, how were you? How were you told? Well, how, when you grew up and you were, or you got saved in your 20s. Right. So how was it presented to you? How was the pressure? So the pressure, <laughs> right. So the, the pressure for us, so there used to be a shirt that, that one of our, our worship leaders sell, right? And it was, it was, I'm not, and in the front of the shirt, it said, I'm not the church. Or no, it said, I don't go to church. That's what it said. It was like big, bold, big, bold letters with a little church building. And it said, I don't go to church. And in the back, it said, I am the church. It said, yeah, it said, I am the church. So it was that highly individualistic, like we were saying, it's me, I'm the church, and not not just you. I'm the body of Christ. Like So it's very just me, me, me. And so from that frame of reference, I mean, even their communion, right? Their communion cups is you have your little cup. Of, it's all of, personal. It's all, it's all personal. Right. We, we have some of those yeah. experiences. Your little communion cup and your little wafer. And it was just, communion was once a month, and it was just, this is just the moment for just you and Jesus. This is between you and God, repent, and, and, and this is the moment between you and God. Nobody else, not even the music, not even nothing else, it's just you and Jesus, and this is your personal time. And when you take communion, it's like he's right in front of you. So it, it was, a lot of it was like if, like, Jesus was your boyfriend, like the talk of that, right? Like right. you had a personal relationship with Jesus, and not with your neighbor or with your enemy. Uh, and it didn't. There was there wasn't any any of that because it was all personal. It was all about you and God and no one else. Right. Um, and it showed, right? It shows in in how we treated communion, and it showed how the goal was God's only goal was to save souls. So, how was your experience? Like, well, were you raised in the church, Crystal? Yes. So you were, so you like, how old were you when you accepted Jesus Christ in your heart? Seven years old. So you were seven. Seven. See that, I see that's our son's age. Go ahead. That's, that's actually part of the problem. We can't have the conversation. Right. The conversation can't even be had because most of the people who we know have been like, that our language is once you accept Christ, there's no need for nourishment. Like, and we think of terms of like you're in or you're out. Whereas most of the scripture is pointing to a salvation that's being held for us in the future, right? If we're talking timeline, but held for us ahead of us. And it's being held by Christ, preserved for us by Christ. And because we talk about like in or outs and where we're at, it's really difficult to talk to people about how they need the church because why do you need the church? I prayed the prayer. I, I've I'm saved. I've even been baptized, you know, yeah. like. What does the church offer me? You know, and and that 
already puts us at, at, at a disadvantage in the conversation whatsoever. And so if we're still having the conversation on that level, if we're still talking about sinner's prayers and what saved always saved, which is a non-question, right? right. These are non-questions. Like for, for in, in the theology circles, those are mostly non-questions. Yeah. Because uh, that's the first thing that comes up is, oh, well, can you lose your salvation? And right. it's like, it's a non-question. Right. Like Chris Green answered it best for me when I heard one of his sermons where he says, you can't lose something you don't have. Right. Because you're, you're not, you know, <laughs> you're not saved. You're not saved. You're going to be saved. You're, you have the hope that you'll be saved. You can lose your faith. That was one of the things. You can't lose your faith. You can shipwreck your faith. You can, I mean, in the today's sermon, right? You should lose your faith in false gods. Right. You can lose your faith you can lose in your false faith. gods. Yes. You cannot lose your faith in Christ because it's not your faith. It's not your faith. You didn't cultivate Christ. it. You Woo! didn't make it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just is yes. what it is. And as long as we're having conversations like that, we're never going to be able to talk about the church, right? Like right. Why it's important. And, and, and let's be real, like, the church tends to follow the market because, you know, we're, we're based, at least our church, I hate even saying the church, right? But a, a lot of the kind of churches that I know and that I've been involved in, and it's, it's impossible, right, to not, in some ways, deal in consumerism. It's just impossible. But those, who, those churches that are doing it the best are going to end up the same as these big box stores that are going out of business. Right. Toys R Us, Macy's, right. Sears. This is what's going to happen because if we can't, if we're still having the conversation like that, we don't really need the church at all. I mean, we can put pressure on people. Like when I grew up, it was like you go because we say you go, but by my parents, yeah. you know. And and then it became I went because I liked to go. Now I go to church because I know I need to go, and I'm scared to what will happen to me. I'm scared of what would it, of the consequences of me not being a part of the church would be, you know? And, uh, and so, um, talk, talk about that. Cause like, I'm aware now I'm fully aware of that. Like I need, I need to know that I depend on this bread and juice weekly because I know that Christ is present through it. Because if not, I'll feed myself on other things, right? On other idols or yeah. like something, something else will feed me no matter what. And it took years for me to figure that out, to figure out, you know, how other vices or other habits or other eventually get so big that I realized, hey, this, this thing is my God now. Talk about that. So when I say that I, 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 I participate and I gather with the church and I'm, I go to church uh, because I'm afraid of what would happen if I didn't. It's not that I think that God is threatening me in a way that if I don't go to church, something bad's going to happen. You know, I'm not, I don't subscribe to Chance the Rapper's theology where if the praises <laughs> go up, the blessings come down. Like in, you know, God reigns in the just and the unjust. Or so as we talk today, this is a God who doesn't exploit his relationship with himself or with humanity, and he won't let us exploit him either. And, uh, and so I don't, I don't mean like that. I, I, I mean, what will happen if I continue to make all the decisions for my own self in my life about who I'm going to be around who I'm gathered with. And that's the thing, right? Like I have enough privilege and enough autonomy that I can control almost every aspect of my life. 
there are a few times that, you know, there are several things that I'm at the mercy of, but as far as like who I gather with or who I hang out with, who I have coffee with, who my wife and I, you know, have as friends, these are things that I all, I get a choice, you know, and, and this is a significant, this is, this is a significant power, but in the body of Christ, I don't get that choice, right? I don't, I don't get a choice. And so for me, I, I need to go to a place where I realize I don't, I don't get, I don't, this, this is a, a facade. This is not real. You know, this, this kind of power. And, and so for me to go to the church, to be drawn into the church and to be faithfully attending the church is to say, one, this is a place that yes, nourishes me, but it nourishes me because of the difference and, and the fact that I don't get a choice about who I'm around and who I, who I'm in community with. And that's, that's forming, that's forming like Christ, right? Like that's, that's, that's the whole spirit of who Christ is. That's what I was going to say a lot less eloquently than you just did. But I think that that's what I find is incredibly important about why we should go to church because there it is the space where you're not surrounding yourself with like-minded people who are just going to confirm all the things that you want to do with your life. Because that's usually who we surround ourselves with, like, our friends and like when you're trying to make a decision about something, you're usually going to call a friend that's going to confirm what you want to be confirmed, right? Like this is how we live our lives. But in the church, you're opening yourself up in a way that is inviting the body to speak to you. And there should be space for tension. I mean, there should be moments where you do like almost hate going to church. I liken it to counseling. Like if you go to counseling therapy of any form and you just say that you love your counselor you need to find a counselor because you should have moments where you say I hate my counselor (laughs) I hate him or her so much because he or she is making me see things about myself that hurt that are so painful right that I, I wasn't prepared for like I was blind to and bringing this whole new perspective that in a lot of ways changes everything. And that's what should be happening in the church is you're surrounded by people that are allowing you and like able to see things you can't see and giving you vision to that and bring probably a perspective that will be painful and hurt because guess what? It's going to be dying to yourself. It's going to be that call of, constantly some sort of crucifixion of a want or desire or something that you thought you wanted and needed in your life when realizing, oh, we, we lay that down. This is, this is the life I'm called to. This is the walk that I've chosen. This is following Christ. Yeah. If I got that one thing, it would poison my soul. Yeah. And so two, two things I'd like to say to that, um, because I know one thing for us that we live in a postmodern society, one of the ways that I see freedom um, defined is that freedom is complete separation from any responsibility to anyone, meaning that I have the ability to not be responsible for anyone, so therefore I'm, I'm free. Mm-hmm. And being a part of a church that's 
that's not, I guess, how historically the church has defined what freedom is. And and two, how do we discern? So you do want you do want to be a part of community that is not just around. It's not an echo chamber. It's not people that are just like you. But what do we do about like spiritual abuse? So, for example, I would hear sermons where it was like, if you left the church because of whatever reason, it's, oh, you, you don't want to come because of the echo chamber, right? So, like, were that pushback or that necessary, like, dying to yourself, like, that could easily, that could happen anytime. But what do you do about spiritual abuse where someone abuses that vulnerability where you they know that the church... You know, like, what do you do when, when there's like, uh, for, to use the clinical term, when a, a psychopath is the leader and, or a narcissist or a narcissist is the leader and there's vulnerable people coming, expecting and welcoming and being open to that pushback. But, you know, what do you do in those sort of cases where I guess the communion is being broken and being taken advantage of? That's such an interesting question because it requires so much discernment, honestly. And 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 if there's legitimate spiritual abuse, then people need to find another place to deal with those wounds, another church and probably a counselor to help them in their healing. Uh but uh I'm you know I I think from the first part of what we were talking about that we have so much autonomy and so much choice we're also easily offended and and so if, if something's not like we think is right or not going the way we want there's there's the ease of just like i'm gonna change churches you yeah. know and so there's like you're, you're gonna have to it requires a lot of discernment about you know whether or not we're talking about actual spiritual abuse whether or not we're Talking about, you know, um, I, I think you said psychopath or narcissist. Or narcissist. But, you know, that, that, takes, that, takes, that takes real discernment, man. And, and you, I couldn't give you an exact answer except for once you identify that this is that spiritual abuse is going on, it's time to go. Yeah. It's time to get out. And, and without hesitation. So that's, that's another... Um, Another thing that I realized as far as there was always a, you know, when I first, you know, became a Christian, like there was always this fear of if you leave the community, there's nothing else out there. Right. And the beauty of it is that you can keep searching for that community. And and obviously, like you said, discernment, right? Like you need to pray about where where is it to be able to discern, is this, is this me not not wanting to open up, right? Is this me not wanting to open up? That's not that's not an easy thing to do. Or is this me being taken advantage of mm-hmm. by someone who's who's abusing the, the power of of being a leader over people? A way I feel like that we can discern because discernment is hard. Like let's not act like that's an easy thing. Right. And discernment requires a body of people and not just an individual. Right. And so you, that's where you, I feel like the church is where you can even find the people to discern with you in that anyways. But I think what, the way that I feel like you can 
understand like how to discern is asking the question, is this harming me? Is this harming my neighbor? Like, is this being destructive to either one of the parties, right? And I would say in that season that you're referring to, I would have answered, this is harming me. This is destructive for me. But there was a discernment you had that I needed in knowing, like, I feel like this is something we need to stay in. And I couldn't see, like, because it hurt, it was painful. But coming out on the other side of that and looking back, I'm able to see that God was indeed at work in a way that I was unable to see. And it was me suffering and suffering among people that were my enemy and being served the body and blood of Christ from people who were my enemy and being able to receive that in that way. I mean, that's when the scriptures become real. Like, I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Like, what? Yeah. What? Like, who asks that of you? Right. Why, what is that? But... I was healed. Like not a lot of people are able to say the the community I was wounded in, I experienced healing in and from. And I can say the community that I was wounded in, I also experienced healing in and from. And that I feel like is a way that in my suffering that people were with me. Right. And we didn't stay in that just based upon our own intuition and discernment. There were multiple people in our lives discerning that along the way and checking in to see if, if it was crossing over from like, yeah, you're getting, this is a place where we're being wounded or is this place being abusive? And we ask that question a lot Mm -hmm. and we just so happen to uh, be able to stay long enough to, uh, in some ways, come out the other side and. You do experience a lot of healing in that same yeah. community. Even in moments asking God, please let us go. Yeah. Can we go? Yeah. And then the Lord not saying, no, you must stay and suffer, but speaking to both of us at the same time in different scenarios in a way that like brought even healing to that suffering moment of knowing, no, 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 this yeah. is good. This will sanctify us if we stay. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting that you bring that up because it, it so it does remind me for our own situation that we were in in a church and I know we stayed a year longer than than I wanted to, mm-hmm. um, but without without that pressure and, and staying staying there, um, I know we I wouldn't be who I am at the moment and my family wouldn't be who it is at the moment. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not, it's not something that you decide like, Hey, I'm going to put myself in an abusive situation so that I can be shaped into the image of Christ. It's just, you're, you're able to carry certain burdens. Um, I don't know how to say it. Like when you're following Christ, I guess, you know, you're sometimes our faces are made like Flint, Flint and, right? and you can yeah. have your beard ripped out, and you 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 can give up your back, you know, yeah. as, as it says in the text this week. Turn the other cheek, yeah, yeah. Way. There's there's a a way that we can we are gifted the faith and the hope to suffer with and for people. 
So it, I don't mean to cut you off, but it so it reminds me of two things. It reminds me of you know the myth of redemptive violence, right? That if you if you're attacked or if you're you know and and you retaliate to get them to get the abusive person to stop. And I mean this uh, total context to, to, in different contexts, obviously, right? But it, you you repeat the cycle and you end up becoming the thing that you hate or what reminds me of like Martin Luther King, right? Where he would do peaceful protests in that way where as you have to be shaped for this, right? You have to be shaped for this, but it's a quote that I'm totally going to butcher, but it's in not defending yourself, you you show, you reflect your enemy back how how ridiculous it is! How ridiculous it is the way that they're acting, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 it shines a light on what they're doing, in in leaving room for for God's vengeance. You know what is that? Vengeance is God saith the Lord. And if you leave that space, and this is all this is all from sermons I've heard. This is not an original thought, <laughs> but it it really helped me understand that that. If if you if you just bear it, and you're not bearing it, it's it's you you know bearing the wounds of Christ, and you leave that space for God's vengeance. It's not that God's gonna like strike them with lightning because God doesn't do that. God hasn't done that yet. But one of the way that one of the ways that I've seen that God loves my enemies is that He's shown me how to love the people that I love, how to love them better in the ways that I've been mistreated by my enemies. So I'm not going to treat the people that are in my circle the way this person is harming me. And it makes me appreciate the people that are in my life that do love me and that I do love so that I don't get my revenge and destroy someone's life. And so God's showing them mercy because there I've been in, in places where I could I could have wreck the person's life you know like you know i had the screenshots or whatever bad joke you know you know how <laughs> you know you had the screenshots and you can you can like if you have the opportunity for revenge like there's somebody that you truly sure. hate and you can you can wreck their life and their life is in your hand and you don't do it it's it because i love my family because i know that me taking revenge would would harm my family yeah it would come back so like this is like esther right like with what ends up happening to the guy uh, i'm totally butchering this i haven't read esther in years but it reminds me of the guy that was gonna have esther killed and have all the jews killed how it comes back to you right right that's what i meant like, okay I, I think about uh proto's conversation with gandalf about Gollum when he's like just fed up with Gollum. And he's like, uh, maybe I should kill him. And he's like, whoa, basically warns him and says, you, you, that's not a power you want. You do not want to be making decisions of life or death. You know, I, I, I wish we could pull up the quote. It's yeah. such an amazing quote, but it, it makes us realize that is not a power we want to hold in our hands. We can't be trusted with that. You know, we always have to choose life. Once we choose to kill somebody, even if it feels like it's in mercy, 
yeah. we've we've descended into a, a different kind of being. Yeah. Yeah. And so um one of the things that you had said before uh about abuse and discernment is I think also we have to realize because we I don't know who's hearing this, but Christ always has agency. And one of the things the church should be doing is helping people have agency. We should be all about people having agency. Because, you know, Christ says to Pilate, like, you're not going to take my life. Right. I'm laying down my life. Which is a totally different thing that changes it from, yeah, the experience could even be the same if, if he didn't have the agency. But because he has the agency, it goes from a, from what would be abuse to a kind of like suffering for and with, right? right. And you see that with Christ. And, and that's not, Golgotha is not the hill he, I mean, that's the hill he dies on. But there's several stories in the Gospels where they drag Jesus up to a hill and they're going to throw him off a cliff. And he just and walks you know, away, walks away, right? Like yeah. he has agency. There's times where he's like, not today, boys, yeah. not today. <laughs> You're not throwing me off today. It's, just, it's the weirdest thing, right? He like walks off. And, and I think uh, a lot of the ways that we go wrong in the church and a lot of the ways that we're not able to discern is, and how we can discern abuses, does this person even have agency? Are they even, even able to walk away from this? Or are they codependent? even on the church itself, you know, like, is there a way that, that they even have that kind of place where they can make a decision to say, no, 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 no. I, I could walk away, but this is a place, this is the hill I decide that I'm going to give my life to. And that's really, really important to that discernment process of what's abuse and, and what could be faithful suffering. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a difference. Yeah. It reminds, so it reminds me of Mary, right? When Mary, um, where God didn't force Mary to give birth to Christ. And she said, what was the word she used? Let it be. Uh, let it be. Yeah. Let it be. Let it be. According a, to your will. Yeah. There's, there's a poem that I shared years ago. So it's called If You Want by St. John of the Cross. Right? And it says, If you want, the virgin will come walking down the road, pregnant with the holy, and say, I need shelter for the night. Please take me inside your heart. My time is so close. Right? So this is like that Jesus... I'm not going to explain the poem. <laughs> then, <laughs> under the roof of your soul, you will witness the sublime intimacy, the divine, the Christ taking birth forever. As she grasped your hand for help, for each of us is the midwife of God, each of us. Yet there, under the dome of your being, does creation come into existence eternally through your womb, dear pilgrim the sacred womb in your soul. As God, grasps for, as God grasps our arms for help, for each of us is his beloved servant never far. If you want, the virgin will come walking down the street pregnant with light and sing. Like, isn't that amazing? Like, yes. like I, I've never recovered from hearing that, that poem. Like, and that was like two, three years ago. Like, I want it. Yeah, it's St. John of the Cross. I'll text you the link. Okay, so we, we talked about your journey to Long Beach. We talked about what what is the church. We talked about, obviously, if you talk about what is the church, you got to talk about salvation. We talked about church abuse and how to discern. Those were some great words. How to discern between abuse and, um, what did you call it? 
I don't remember what I call it. Faithful suffering. Faithful suffering. Suffering with, suffering for. Right. Learning the difference between suffering for your enemy or suffering for your neighbor and suffering with Christ. Um, So I'd like to finish with, you know, what either you would want to say to someone maybe that's struggling with the idea of church or finding a church or leaving a church. Just anything regarding the church, what would you like to say to, to whoever's listening? The perfect church doesn't exist. Yeah. It doesn't exist. I think a lot about, you know, a lot whenever these conversations come up. And they come up often, especially when you come from a a church that experienced the kind of event that we did. A lot of our friends are still wrestling with these notions. But I think about, you know, Bonhoeffer's quote in Life Together where he talks about how it's not until all of our wish dreams have been shattered that we can actually just begin to become a Christian community that we all come with this idea of what Christian community should be. And it's like the ideal utopian kind of like, this is how it should go. It's not till all those are smashed until we can actually just begin to come together in unity. And, uh, and so I would, I would want people to hear to be set free from finding the perfect space the perfect place uh, that matches all your, that checks off all your theological tenets and fits all your boxes and, and has all the people the same age or the same demographic and, and begin to pray and discern as you seek, where, where am I, where am I called? Like where, where am I called? And if you don't feel a sense of calling, then plug in somewhere that is nourishing you and just stay there, just stay there and learn and be loved and and uh and 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 be shaped uh in the image of God being around people who uh are different than you. Anything you'd like to add, Pastor Chris? Yes. Um I think that in the journey and looking for a community to join that so many times we can find like that one or two things like, man, this church would be great, but there's this or there's this problem or like, I just think that we forget sometimes we may be called to a place to be a part of that change. Like maybe we're there to even be someone who challenges something within the body that like, you might be that gift to the community and bringing that and vice versa. They might be a gift to you in a way that like you didn't know you even needed because we don't know what we need. Right. Mm, Yeah. We do not know. So I, I would just encourage people to look for faithful community, faithful and um, not write it off because of one or two things, but, to be a part, to be a part of something, to be a part. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, mean, I think we could go on forever, but we'll, we'll leave it here. We'll leave it for ne- next uh, next season. Season three? Season three. So thank you. I'm, I'm disappointed there was no Kanye. No, or basketball no Kanye, talk. Basketball talk. We'll leave yeah. it for, I'm not. for another. <laughs> this is like, I'm not. All right. You need a once a semester sports podcast. That's what we should you do. Need. We should do Spanglish that. Seminary. Just all three of us talking basketball, right? That would be hilarious. We'll do that. 
We'll have to think about that. Yeah, why not? We would. Okay, well, I really appreciate you all coming on. And thank you for taking the time to to hear, for our listeners to hear how you see the church. I know I can speak for myself. I can only speak for myself and my family that you, you, your lives have been a blessing to us. And um, if you hadn't been faithful in what God's calling you, I know I wouldn't be here. This podcast wouldn't exist because there wouldn't have been the space for me to be healthy enough to try to do something like this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're responsible for, for a lot for this as well. So thank you. 